Welcome to Inspiring End-of-Life Conversations with Nina Impala. Do you have questions about death? How about events surrounding death? Or perhaps you have questions that need to be answered after death. On this program, we talk frankly and openly about the subject and invite you to share your comments and experiences as well. Now, here is your host, Nina Impala. Well, hello, everybody. On this day, just before Christmas Eve, I'm going to just wish you all a Merry Christmas and hope that everybody's really doing well out there. I'm super excited to bring on somebody today that is going to help you get through the holidays and bring you gems of wisdom and peace and calming. I'm so excited. Mary O'Dwyer is with us today, and she's founder and CEO at Mary's Blue Door, and she is devoted to helping people realize and see their true value, uniqueness, and purpose. Mary is a certified transformational breath facilitator and group leader. Through her work, she helps stressed out, overworked, overtired clients, probably all of us right now, healing emotional uh, wounds, traumas, and release limiting beliefs, allowing them to move forward in life with renewed conviction, direction, and purpose. She also helps clients move through life transitions, losses by providing a safe space to feel and process all their emotions in a healthy way, allowing them to adjust to their new normal. Between the start of her transformation in 2013 and where she is today, Mary felt a strong calling to focus on sharing the tools she has learned with the world. And in 2017, she created Mary's Blue Door to focus solely on sharing these gifts. Welcome to the show, Mary. Thank you, Nina. It's so terrific to be here. Oh, I'm so happy. And we are going to talk about the transformational breath. What I don't think a lot of people know about this, and we're going to really talk about this. And I am passionate about it the way you're passionate about it, because I think the breath is healing. You take it to another level. So if you could just explain to us kind of what brought you here and how it benefited you and then how maybe you decided that you wanted to bring it to the world. Or how you found out about it, too, because I didn't know about the transformational breath till you told me. Yeah, and you're right. It isn't well-known. It's becoming more well-known, but it's actually been around for over 40 years, which okay. is pretty incredible. But we're still really only getting started. And I discovered it in 2013. I'd gone through, you know, life's ups and downs. Life looked great on the outside. I had this great husband, this great provider. I had two kids. I had two dogs. You know, I virtually had the picket fence. And inside, I was just feeling like blah and unfulfilled. And I couldn't really figure out why. And I met a friend one morning. We were out both early walking our dogs. And she said, when I was sharing the story with her, she said to me, "Uh, Mary, it sounds to me like you're spiritually disconnected. (laughs) And now to this Irish Catholic girl, I kind of looked at her and I was like, well, okay, that's a bit fruity and nutty for me. What does she mean? Spiritually disconnected. (laughs) Right, right. (laughs) You know, what is, you know, I go to mass every Sunday, like a good Catholic girl. Um, But somehow those, you know, people sometimes can share a truth with you and it will resonate whether you're ready to hear it or not. That's right. And so that afternoon, she dropped up some books to me. You know, one was on mindfulness, another was on meditation for dummies or something like that. Because she was truly, this this was a dear friend of mine, and she subsequently has passed away. But she truly heard something in what I was saying mm. that I couldn't hear for myself. 
And it started me on a path because I planted a seed. And once a seed is planted, then the doors start to open. And shortly afterwards, I met you, Nina, and discovered Reiki and all of that good stuff. And I discovered essential oils and all of those things were really helpful to me mm-hmm. and very healing. And I started going to this yoga studio that you, I think, went to at the time, a local yoga studio here, Temecula Yoga Collective. And one day I was there, I saw this flyer for this breathing class called Transformational Breath. And it said, you know, bring more peace and joy into your life. And I already had started along that path with the work that I was doing with you with Reiki healing. And I thought, well, why not? You know, give it a give it a whirl. I was in a very open space. I'd come out of my little Catholic shoebox. And I decided to try it. I knew nothing about it, Nina. I didn't bring a friend. I didn't even tell anybody. I was probably feeling a little embarrassed. Like I was going to this breathing class. What would my friends think? Yeah. I was really going off the deep end. And I had the most transformational experience. So now when I have people come to my workshops or come to my clients, I tell them, I hope you read the fine print. This is transformational breath. (laughs) Transform, Uh, transformational, transition. That's just a word that's powerful. And if you're doing anything that says transformational, your life's going to change. Your life's going to change. And for me, it changed in an instant. It doesn't for everybody. Some people, it takes a few sessions, you know, depending on what everybody needs. That's one of the beautiful things about this work. I think it's the only breath work out there that calls on divine assistance. We don't ever do a session without it. So there's always a higher power that's assisting us and helping us. And for me, I was obviously I was primed and just ready because this work heals physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. And in my first session, I received such emotional and spiritual healing. Mm -hmm. It was life changing. I didn't know how life changing it was. I felt completely bathed and surrounded in this unconditional love that I would describe Mm -hmm. as the love of the angels, the love of God. And it was so beautiful, but it was also, it hit a deep sorrow in myself that I had pushed away so much love. Yeah, because we I do that, don't we? We do that. I yeah. thought I had to be the perfect kid growing up. I thought unless yeah. I got an A, I wasn't going to be loved, which was completely not true. This is not based on any behavior of my parents. They were wonderful parents, but this was just a belief. I thought I had to be the perfect mom. I had to make every meal from scratch. I thought I had to be the perfect wife. And I spent so much time just doing and trying to do the right thing and the perfect thing and to be the best and blah, 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 that I forgot to just, I lost my passion. I lost the joy de vie. I I forgot that people loved me just because they loved me, not because of how well I performed. Mm. Wow. That was a lot, what you just said. That was a lot. Yeah. And I love it. That was a lot in a session. This all happened in an hour. (laughs) Wow. You know, and it's true about, and I think, well, we're going to get deeper into this, but when you say, when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. Yeah. Or do you have angels, earth angels that come into our life to help us learn about people like what you're doing and somebody with a gift that when we're doing this breath work, which we're going to get deeper into, and you and I were just talking a little bit Mm -hmm. before the show, the answers come. They do. With the breath. The revelations are there. Mm -hmm. And it is 
and you get exactly what you need. Sometimes you get a big download, a big dose, a big kick in the butt, you know, a big two by four across the head. Like I got that day. Um, Other days, it's just gentle nudges. You get exactly what you need because sometimes we need a big, you know, a big shove. And sometimes we just need a little nudge. We do. And, you know, with um, the breath, when people are breathing, I mean, back in the day when I used to do massage, um, mm-hmm. and I would tell people, just take a deep breath. I would be so amazed that it was only, there was no belly involved. I mean, it was yeah. just coming from the, like, above, just below the clavicle. That's it. Yep. It was almost yep. like the chest didn't even raise. And people look at me, and I would say, that's not a deep breath. Yeah. This yeah. is a deep breath. And they right. look at me like, who breathes like that? I'm like, that's what you're supposed to breathe, you know? Yeah. So take us a little deeper with this, Mary. When so you're you have- dead. You are per- dead right. So many of us like are just not breathing fully and deeply. We're not using our diaphragm. We've forgotten how to do that. We have become disconnected from ourselves. Mm-hmm. And this shows up in our breathing. I can look at a stranger, I can lay them flat on the ground, I can look at how they breathe, and I can tell so much about how they're showing up in life just by how they're breathing. Wow. Okay, so wait, let's back up. So like, if you have a client come in, or maybe you're just standing next to somebody, Mary, and you can watch mm-hmm. the breathing patterns, you can tell like... I can tell a lot. Wow. So give yeah, us an example. You, so give us an example. So let so it... In the example that you described where you've had people on the massage table who are only breathing with, you know, the upper chest, not really with their diaphragm and using their tummy, they likely have a disconnect from themselves. They probably have Mm. poor boundaries. Now, they're probably very connected. Often when we're... um, when we breathe easily in the upper chest, but there really isn't good breath in the belly, often they're very connected, could be very spiritual people, could maybe be a bit flighty, um, not very grounded. And that's when they're when they're not using the belly? Not or? using the belly. Okay. When we're not breathing our belly, we're not very grounded. And that's why we're kind of flighty. It's kind of my analogy. I'm all about metaphors. So you'll hear a lot of metaphors from me. It's kind okay. of like lightning, right? Lightning can be very, you know, it'll just kind of flit around until it gets grounded somewhere, right? Right. And so if we're not grounded, if our breath isn't grounded, we could be super connected and get tons of ideas. You know, those, okay, the classic personality style is that person that has all these great ideas and no follow through. Okay. Because they're not very grounded. So they're getting all these downloads. They're super creative. They're super connected, but they don't, they're not grounded. So they don't know, they can't actually bring it into form. And then you have the opposite, the 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 people that really are good at breathing in the belly, but not really connected in their in their um, upper chest breathing. And these people tend to be super grounded, super logical. These are the thinkers of the world. These are the people that, you know, rule with their heads, not with More their left hearts. Brain. Left brain. They love their pro and con list. You know, everything. They love to be in control of situations. Mm-hmm. They typically have really good boundaries. Sometimes the boundaries are a little maybe even over solid, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, because sometimes mm-hmm. we need that kind of, per- like a little rigidity, a little, well, my way or the highway type of personalities. They're still super loving, but they just, for whatever reason, maybe they grew up in a very strict household, or maybe they grew up um, very, 
rule orientated or they grew up with a belief system kind of like mine that I had to perform in order to um, be loved. to receive, to yeah. be loved. Mm-hmm. And so it's just interesting. And there's all sorts of variants and nuances, but they're kind of the two, we'll say, polarities of what I can come across. And there's mm-hmm. a big cross-section of in-between and a morph of those two and all of that good stuff. So when people have a diaphragmatic breath, that what does that mean? Because you hear it all the time. And I remember used to, I had, a, I had someone, in, a client once, and she just told me I can only breathe diaphragmatically. And I'm With her diaphrag- diaphragmatically. Is that exactly. Diaphragmatically. Diaphragmatically. The, we, the diaphragm is the, I'm going to do a little geek out on a little science. Geek out. For Go for it. Two man. minutes. All right. Do it. So the diaphragm is the major respiratory muscle, and it's kind of like a parachute shape or a dome-shaped muscle, and it runs on the top of our abdominal cavity and below our rib cage. So if you just okay. kind of, whoever's listening, just feel that kind of that layer of muscle that's running from your one side of your rib cage all the way across your body to the other side. Okay. That's your diaphragm. Mm. When you breathe in, and you use your diaphragm, your diaphragm flattens out. So when it flattens out, it kind of pushes your abdominal organs out of the way because it's flattening out. And when it does that, your belly rises. That's why we look for a, a belly rising on the inhale. It's not that your abdominal muscles are working. It's that your diaphragm is going from this dome shape and it's flattening out, pushing all those organs out of the way. Okay. And when that, so that's the first thing that happens. The second thing that happens is that when you use that diaphragm, it, that movement kind of creates a vacuum that draws the oxygen into the lower lobes of the lungs. Okay. That means a couple of things are happening. A, you're getting more breath because your lungs are completely filling up. And second, the lower lobes of the lungs is where the receptors are that trigger the relaxation response in the brain. Oh boy, that's big. That's big. So if you're not using your diaphragm, you're not getting enough oxygen into those lower lobes. So you're not triggering that response. And that's just a physiological response. The oxygen hits those little receptors, boom, signal goes to the brain. Relaxation goes up, fight or flight goes down. Okay. And and I think that, so... You know, what I've I've noticed during this time, during this year, is holding my breath. Mm-hmm. And, and that's a whole other It is, isn't it? Yeah, conversation. So there's, so there's all these different, like, patterns that people have, would you say, in their breathing? Yes. And is it very yes. unique, or do you see the same thing in a lot of people? So there's definitely trends. There okay. are definitely trends. A lot. Of, so I'm going to come back to the holding the breath in a sec, but I want to go back to the to the diaphragm because I want to really emphasize for people the importance of using that because so many people use different techniques to regulate their breath in okay. yoga with the ujjayi breath, out running, exercising, mm. lifting weights, mm-hmm. doing a calming breath, breathing in for a count of four, breathing out. And all of those exercises, and if you're not using your diaphragm, you are not getting the maximum benefits. Interesting. Gosh. And it's, I mean, I am, that is the first thing I do. When a breather comes, I lay them flat, look at how they're breathing. And again, I think we're the only breath work 
that will actually then position your body. Because if you're not breathing in your belly, I'm not going to just command you, hey, breathe in your belly, hey, breathe in your diaphragm. I'm going to put you in a body position that makes it really easy. There's little tricks and hacks that we can do to get your diaphragm working so that you don't have to, quote unquote, work so hard at us. Mm. We don't need to, we don't need to reinvent the wheel. I can maybe okay. if you're laying flat, bend your knees or lay okay. you on your tummy. Either so of those you, is going to get your diaphragm going. Okay. And so when you're, when, and we're going to talk more about your sessions, but you, I'm sure you have pillows and flat back chairs yeah, and all, all the different stuff, stuff yeah. to help different people. So you, if you can tell that a person's having a hard time, um, you know, flattening out the diaphragm, you know, and, yeah. and taking that deep breath, it may be because of the way that their body is structured or the way that they're laying. And also, gosh, would you say that, let's say someone my age, I'm six years old, the patterns in my life have taught my body to breathe a certain way. So I'm holding my body a certain way that makes it hard for me to breathe because of the impact of the stuff that's happened to me over the years. Exactly. And this wow. segues perfectly into holding our breath. Okay. So before you do so that, this is we're going okay. to do a break. So when we okay. get back and um, I'm taking like, I, I just don't, I want you to hold that thought and we're going to come back and talk about that. So we will be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. Nina offers an alternative to traditional counseling. Sessions are not just 50 minutes, but a full hour. When you go in for a regular counseling session, many times you don't remember everything. Nina's difference is a summary email after each session and or a follow-up phone call if needed up to two weeks after. Nina also provides hospital visit consultations as necessary. Sessions with Nina and Paula are $250. And if you book a three-session package, you will get a $100 discount. Let's get you feeling peaceful and happy again. Losing someone we love is one of the most challenging, fearful, and heart-rending experiences we are ever likely to face. In her book, Dearly Departed, Nina Impala shares stories of her experiences as a hospice volunteer for more than 12 years and how those experiences prepared her for the final days of her own parents. Nina emphasizes the importance of being a good listener and living a good life. Dearly Departed by Nina Impala is available in paperback or Kindle edition through Amazon.com or your favorite book retailer. listening to inspiring end-of-life conversations if you have a question for nina impala or her guest today call into our program at 1-888-346-9141 that's 1-888-346-9141 or send an email to tutoring for the spirit at gmail.com now back to this week's program Hey, welcome back. I'm here with Mary O'Dwyer and the Transformational Breath. And we were just getting into some juicy stuff about, we talked about diaphragmatic breathing and then kind of segued into us holding our breaths, Mary. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we hold our breath. We learn when we're very young children, if we don't want to feel an emotion, 
all we got to do is hold our breath and bingo, stop uh-huh. the feeling. Mm-hmm. And so the science, again, you're going to hear me geek out a little bit. Keep, I'll keep it really yeah. simple and lay <laughs> yeah. mad. Mm-hmm. But our emotions are simply an energy in motion. Okay. So anything that's moving needs a fuel, right? Mm-hmm. And so our emotions, the energy of our emotions needs the breath to move them. And okay. so when we encounter a feeling we don't like, hold our feelings, Isn't hold our breath, hold our feelings. Yeah. And we all hold it differently. Like I squeeze my tummy. I'm just, I'm just holding my breath right now. So everyone at home who's listening, just hold your breath and just notice what muscles are you holding? Is there more restrictions in your belly? Is there more restrictions around your rib cage? Is it in your upper chest? Do you, do you hold it in your shoulders? And that's just a pattern. We all have them. And so every time we hold our breath, a couple of things happen. The first is that we're repressing that emotion. We're stuffing it away because we don't want to feel it. Mm-hmm. A great analogy is you're driving down the freeway and someone almost cuts you off and you're like feeling that fear, but you can't feel the fear in that moment because you have to stay in control of your car. But you're... <gasps> so we go, right? Right. And hold your breath. And in that moment, it serves us because we, we got to keep control of our vehicle. However, we're not taught to go back and revisit it. We just stuff that away. And we normally don't go back at the end of the day and might revisit that and go, oh, my gosh, that was a big thing. Or we might revisit it and with a glass of wine or a beer, but we're not, then we're not really feeling it. We wow. got to go back and, and feel it in order to resolve it. But that's a little bit of it outside of what I wanted to, to my point So that's the first thing that happens when we hold our breath. The second thing is, think about the muscles that you're using when you hold your breath. Contraction, contraction, contraction. Imagine contracting those same muscles over and over and over and over and over and over and over. We're all in our 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s. I don't know, whoever's listening. And Mm -hmm. you've been doing this your whole life. So those muscles have gotten tight spots on them. And when we get those tight spots, our muscles get tighter. They get more restricted. Okay. And so this is what closes down part of our respiratory system. And this is the answer to the question about how people's Those, bodies kind of will. The pattern, exactly. Right, holding so pattern, I, can, I guess. Holding you pattern. It, holding pattern. Yeah, the holding Can't pattern. Fly. Exactly. Okay, exactly. good metaphor, Mary. And we'll hold different things in different parts of our bodies. Mm-hmm. And so the beautiful thing about looking at somebody's breath and being able to tell them exactly what's going on with their life, what's going well for them, maybe what's not working so well, is by changing how they breathe, they can open up those areas of restriction so that they're not perpetrating those same patterns. They learn to breathe through things. They learn to release things as we release those tight muscles. It's kind of like a masseuse can get in there, right? And loosen stuff. Well, with our breath, we can get in there and release these old repressions and suppressions that maybe we've been repressing since we were two that we have no cognitive memory of. Mm. And it might not even be, I use the word trauma and wounds, but it doesn't mean that you had a bad childhood experience. It could be as simple as your mom picking up your three-year-old brother before she picked you up and you felt jealous. You know, that's not a bad behavior, but as a child, or I can remember my sister was asked at one point to be a flower girl at one of my uncle's weddings. And oh my gosh, I was devastated. I mean, Mm -hmm. devastated 
and she was their goddaughter and you know they only could have so they couldn't have like every niece as a you know cognitively I knew why but my little heart was so broken that wound of you know why wasn't I picked yeah and so as children we don't understand you know we're, we're so young we, we have no discernment right up till I don't know eight nine ten and we so, form 80 percent of our beliefs Nina 80% and then we just lodge those in the do we just lodge those in our body we, we lodge just, those in our body and into our subconscious interesting Mary well, goes that far back. It goes that far back. And so when people are working with you, do they start remembering? Sometimes. They often can have memories of things that have happened in childhood. And sometimes there isn't a memory. Sometimes people will have a resonance in their body, like a sensation or that maybe they don't know or an emotion. Right. And we don't necessarily need to know. And I, I know that, you know, God, higher power, storage, universe, we are on a need to know basis. If there is something we need to know or that we need to remember to further our healing or our understanding, then that will be made clear to us. Otherwise, we don't need to know. Are people pretty surprised at some of the things that you come up with? You don't do a lot of talking in your sessions, I, I gather. Do you no, or? we, you know, just the first 10 or 15 minutes of a session mm-hmm. with will be, you know, just, hey, what's going on? Is anything coming up? Any triggers this week? Maybe setting an intention for the session. Got just it. a little bit of connection because that helps somebody kind of settle into the, to the room, kind of let go of their day. Right. And, and then when we do the actual breathwork session, which typically is between 45 to 60 minutes, there's very, I use affirmations during the session, but there's no conversation. Okay. So in a 45 to 60 minute session, mm-hmm. people are just using the, the practices that you've taught them and the exercises, would you say? Yes. We it? just breathe in a very specific way. Wow. I get their body to relax in whatever position is going to be best for them to breathe. And then we breathe in a connected continuous breath and honestly it feels for most people like 10 or 15 minutes it does not feel like 45 to 60 minutes so nobody has a hard time sitting still or anything like that everybody just kind of chills out and everybody pretty much chills out there are times that you see wiggles and jiggles and usually that's a little ego resistance to the process because which is really interesting to see when it comes up because you know this work it heals physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. So the mental right. and the emotional, that's getting into our subconscious. We're getting into that because we, the way we breathe, we get into a slightly altered state because mm-hmm. we're raising the vibration of the body with the breath, which yeah. is the life force, the chi, the prana, the Holy Spirit. It's in re- respiration, respiritization. Mm. You are breathing spirit. You are breathing vitality into your body this high energy, and you're going to feel that in your body. And so you're going to get into a little bit of an altered state. But if the ego's job is to keep us safe, keep us in our comfort zone. Mm-hmm. And sometimes if this is new and you're, the ego's going to go, you know, honey, yeah, you don't need to go into your subconscious. You're fine. Keep that belief system. It's okay. Yeah. You don't yeah. need to feel safe. You don't need to surrender. You don't need to keep that heart guards up, keep your wall, protective walls up. They've yeah. worked so well for you. Why no, change anything now? Mm-hmm. 
And so then the ego will come in and then people will get antsy or get up to go to the bathroom or this. And I, and I don't see it all the time, but I do see it occasionally. Uh-huh. And I'm always gentle with people, you know, first or second session. I'm super gentle. It's just, you know, trust in the process, trusting me. I get it. Mm-hmm. After that, then I might have a conversation. Like, are you really ready for this? Like, this is the pattern. Where else is this showing up in your life? Because if it's showing up in the breath, it's showing up in their life. Whatever is happening in the session is also happening in their life. Where, where else are you avoiding in your life? Are there conversations in your life mm-hmm. that maybe you're not having? Is there um, people in your life that you're avoiding? Is there, what, where are you bypassing in your life? So, okay, so this is really interesting. So if you, so let's say, some, just for an example, you know, just, I mean, if somebody you were seeing that maybe the ego was coming in, could you describe or is it unique to that one person about how that person is breathing? Are they like not to describe the behavior or describe the what the breath looks like on a person that may not be that may be let's just take an example. Like let's say you have and I'm sure you kind of get to know this by the breath, maybe like the person you were just talking about, maybe they have to get up, they have to go to the bathroom, they can't sit still. What does a breath like look like on a person like that? They'll tend to not be able to um what's the word kind of settle into the breath i feel like it's too much work for them work or they or else they'll um sometimes they'll try to overdo it they'll either work too hard Mm. like using all of their muscles okay or else sometimes they'll barely breathe at all Mm. Or, or there'll be scratching there'll be a lot of yawning going on there'll be a lot of pausing in the breath and pausing in the breath out in the real world is totally fine but when we're in the session and we're really trying to to cause this transformation to invoke this transformation and we're connecting the breath to raise the energy in the body so that we can do what it needs to do with the breath Beautiful. people will mm-hmm. tend to pause their breath a lot okay and it, it won't be a deliberate pause it'll be get up to go to the bathroom it'll be to say something it'll be the yawning you know and i'm talking excessive um okay. not not to say if anybody has ever who's listening to this you know oh my gosh i yawned in the session did i do no. it wrong no, i'm talking about excessive <laughs> and i've always heard that yawning is a it's a it's like a, a segue you know like if you start yawning that is a hint that something's trying to move something's it, trying it to get out be. and you kind of have to get through be. oh okay yeah, and so in breath sessions, and that's sort of where the science and the 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 dance of this work comes in. Of mm-hmm. you know, like sometimes I'll see the yawn in the beginning, and it is okay. It's a, it's a segue, but if it, again, if it's excessive and nonstop, now right. it's now it's a defense mechanism and a completely un, unconscious defense okay. mechanism. So, what would you say to like? Um, I want you to tell us a couple of stories because I think I want people to really wrap their head around this. So um, why don't you share with us, if you can, um, maybe a couple of stories where just you could walk people through so they really get it, really get what, what it can do for you. Because the spiritual aspect of this to me is so beautiful when you can be in, which I love is having that connection to God, the universe, whatever it is that you mm-hmm. you believe in, in your creator, that you could get yourself quiet at night to 
quiet enough, calm the body. That's such a challenging thing right now so mm-hmm. that you can get what it is that you need in as far as being connected to spirit. I know that's not the goal of it, but it's something that kind of puts you in that zone. Is that what that Exactly. Be? Okay. Because there is a definitely a spiritual healing to this when we, as the session progresses, as we start to release and let go of some of the emotional traumas and wounds, it's kind of like having a big, huge cry at home, right? You feel a little lighter afterwards. Like, right. okay, I can get on with my day now. So it's like that in the session. So the last 10 or 15 minutes of every session, the music gets quiet and I always call for my clients to have a connection to themselves, to their higher selves, to the higher power, whatever it is that they have faith in. Mm-hmm. And that is where they can have a spiritual experience where they can either deeply connect with themselves and get an awareness about themselves mm-hmm. or get a download from the universe, from God, from the angels. And people have had so many amazing experiences. So I'll tell you a few stories. You'd like that. And I'll try and give a variety because there's, there is something for everybody. Okay, good. So one of, One of the funniest ones was I have this awesome friend and she had done a number of sessions with me and we did a session. Before we did the session, I had angel cards. And so she pulled an angel card and the angel card was, I forgot what the angel was, but the message was clear your space. Oh, she's like, oh my gosh, that is perfect. She said, I have so much on my to-do list and, you know, to clear my space, that is an awesome intention. So we set the intention for the session. We did the session. She finished and she looked at me, she said, well, Mary, that was a waste of time. I spent the whole time in my head. All I was doing was, you know, doing my to-do list, making my grocery list, thinking about all the things I have to do. I was even arguing with people. Mm -hmm. And I said to her, I said, you know what? It's always working. It is always working. I trust 100% that you are getting exactly what you need from this session. And she's like, okay, I'll trust you, Mary. But, you know, kind of rolling her eyes in a loving way. She calls me 24 hours later. She goes, holy cow, Mary, I went home. I didn't even realize it till now, but I got everything accomplished on my to-do list and I didn't even know I was striving to do it. Wow. It was, it was like one of the most dramatic, like, <laughs> this is, so the, and I like to start with that story because we're, we get so attached to it. Like, oh my gosh, I have to have an experience, like an oh experience for it to have an impact. No. But it, no. Yeah, it's true. And it's it so awesome. true. Yeah, it was just, ah, so I love that. And then I had another story, another client that had done some sessions with me. She had done five or six sessions with me, I would say. And I think most of them were in groups and she didn't have anything particularly going on with her, but she enjoyed the, she enjoyed the session. She certainly released and she just, she had fibromyalgia and she discovered that when she did sessions with me that it helped to alleviate the fibromyalgia. Yeah, and I was like, Hey, that's, that's awesome. There's always can be physical healing with this work, but I never guarantee that or promise that because things resolve as they need to resolve as right. in their own good time. But what was really interesting. So she did maybe those five or six sessions between October and the beginning of December. Okay. She comes back to me in January and she goes, holy cow, Mary, I had no idea why I did all those sessions with you at the time, but now I know why. And I was like, well, well, why? This woman has adult children that were leaving the nest and one of them, you know, life did not go well and just made some choices that were not in his highest good, we'll say. I don't want to go into specifics. No, no. And basically, um, it was very difficult 
for her as a parent, you know, she's like, I brought my child up with certain values and certain, um, certain ways of being. And, you know, how could he do this? How can he derail like this? And how can he let all of this stuff happen? And she credited having done all of those sessions to allowing her to respond differently to him. She's like, I would not have been able to deal with the situation as a loving mother if I hadn't done the he had the healing that those sessions had because those sessions had given her an experience of deep trust in herself, deep trust in God. She's a, a Christian woman, and deep trust that everything will always work out, even when it doesn't look like it is. You know, I get the picture that I get is because you know that I do that. I mm-hmm. get this. It's it's almost like I see like a little, uh, a, you know, a little janitor with a broom mm-hmm. moving out all of the stuff that gets in the way for us to be able to move forward. Exactly. And when you do the breath work, it creates space within the what emotional, physical body. Yeah, the emotional spiritual body. body. Yeah, it just it creates space, and and it's it's so interesting to me that when we do this work or energy work, I mean, with your transformational breath work, when you're breathing and doing all of these things, you're teaching people to release and mm-hmm. bring in this, as you said, with the breath, rest, spirit. Yes. Right? Remembering really? who we really are without all this chaos going on. And when you quiet with the work that you do, Mary, and like you said, just said with this lady, how she she just realized that it, it created a space in her and she got rid of what she had to be able mm-hmm. to be the parent that she wanted to be in a much better way. Much so, bigger way. Yeah. It, it builds, the process builds trust in the breath. It does. We breathe through our emotions as they come up in the session. And then that translates out in the real world. Yeah, it does. You can, it's like working out a muscle in the gym. You don't just do it so you can lift the bell, right. the dumbbell. You do it so that when you need to lift your groceries, you can do it. That's beautiful. I love your metaphors. We have to go to break again, but we will okay. be right back. Thanks, Mary. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Nina offers an alternative to traditional counseling. Sessions are not just 50 minutes, but a full hour. When you go in for a regular counseling session, many times you don't remember everything. Nina's difference is a summary email after each session and or a follow-up phone call if needed up to two weeks after. Nina also provides hospital visit consultations as necessary. Sessions with Nina and Paula are $250. And if you book a three-session package, you will get a $100 discount. Let's get you feeling peaceful and happy again. Losing someone we love is one of the most challenging, fearful, and heart-rending experiences we are ever likely to face. In her book, Dearly Departed, Nina Impala shares stories of her experiences as a hospice volunteer for more than 12 years and how those experiences prepared her for the final days of her own parents. Nina emphasizes the importance of being a good listener and living a good life. Dearly Departed by Nina Impala is available in paperback 
or Kindle edition through Amazon.com or your favorite book retailer. You are listening to Inspiring End of Life Conversations. If you have a question for Nina Impala or her guest today, call into our program at 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. Or send an email to tutoringforthespirit at gmail.com. Now, back to this week's program. We're back with Mary O'Dwyer and the Transformational Breath. And this episode is just so fascinating to me to talk about the simple thing like the breath and the magic that it can do. So, Mary, you had another story you're going to share. So let's, let's do. do that. Go for I it. I have one more. I mean, I have lots of stories, but there's one more I'll share today. And it's just okay. such a touching, beautiful story. And this is an example of a client. This person has only done two sessions with me. We met a couple of years ago doing another energy work healing. And she's always wanted to do a session with me, but life and all of that. But when the need was there for her, she mm-hmm. reached out. Her mm. mom, when she we did the session, her mom was actively in the process of transition. Okay. And so she knew she needed um, a little extra support. She knew my sessions could maybe help her with that. Mm-hmm. And, and I can't remember her intention for the session specifically, but that was sort of the energy around the session. So it was very gentle. I just really wanted to get her to, to breathe and relax okay. and just to kind of be present because she was, you know, all the stuff that's going on when you're caring for somebody and losing right. somebody. Mm-hmm. And she came out of the session and she shared with me that in the session, she was able to hold her mom's hands. And she said her mom physically, her mom is really was deteriorating so quickly that her hands were blue and cold. Mm-hmm. And in this session, her connection with her mom's hands was like the old connection where her mom's hand was warm and they were holding each other's hands. And she oh was able gosh. to, it was just she said in hers, it was the most beautiful thing. And then she said, I was able to let go, let go of her hand, giving her permission to leave. She said in that session, she forgave everything. She had this communion is the only way she could describe it. This communion that with no words where everything between her mom and her was resolved, forgiven, closure, everything so that she was free to let her mom go and her mom was free to pass on. And five hours later, her mom passed. Wow. You know, what comes to me when you tell the story is that the breath is a connection to, to heaven. It's the greatest. It is the great it, connector. It is. That's how, what did you say it again? Say it again. Respiritization. Respiritization. Bringing spirit back in. Oh my God. And then it's the, and then you said something else. It's the something connection. The life force. Connection. Wow. Yes. It connects us to ourself. It connects us to others. Connects so it's us a great to, connector. That's it's a what great connector. The great connector. It really is. Wow. It is the great connector. It's so. Uh, I, yeah. Such a beautiful. Can I, can I share the second part of that story? Do we have another yeah, time? Yeah, go for it. Keep going. Mm-hmm. So the second part of the story it gets better. That was already amazing. And it was either a week or two weeks later, she comes back and we do another session and her husband had been, has been ill, not deteriorating, but he'd been ill and he was in a care facility. He was stable, but in care. And in the session, she got this 
information that the amount of time that she had with her husband was shorter than she thought. Ooh. Yeah. Wow. And I was like, act on it, girl, you got it. And she, and, and she had a similar experience of what she had in her, the other session when she had that connection with her mom, she, you know, was able to have this, con- it was kind of like a dialogue between her and spirit and her husband and an understanding that if he needed to leave, she needed to, there were some things that needed to be said and done and attention given. Mm-hmm. And so she acted on it and he died a few days later, I, I, I think less than a week later. Oh, my God. After she got the information. After she got the information. So she yeah. lost her mom and her husband in a very short period of time. Sad. But it was heartbreaking. But she's like, Mary, the sessions helped so much because it kind of gave her the bigger picture. Not that it lessens her pain in the no, moment. She's still mourning. Not. Yeah. But there's a deep understanding that they're okay. There was a deep release of they had permission that everything was resolved and dissolved and forgiven. And she also said, you know, it was important. She had the understanding that her mom had to go first because her mom was such a nurturer. If her husband had gone first, her mom would have wanted to be there for her. And then would her mom would maybe not have been able to transition as easily. That's an amazing story. It's an amazing story. And then her husband, she's like her husband, she had this sense that he understood that because her mother had passed, her mother angelically would be there for her. It was just the most beautiful, the most beautiful touching story that of all of my clients. And that's one of the most touching. And I, that is that, thank you for sharing that because that was really beautiful. And I think that, you know, the most important thing about the show that we're having today is, and, and the work that you do is really realizing that, that, that connection is there and knowing, you know, I mean, when you think about, time, especially now, you know, you've had a hard day or you aren't be able to yeah. work the way you used to, you're doing Zoom stuff. And same for me, you know, I'm not going out as much as I used to doing any kind of work like that. And there was a sense of grief in that and a sense in why and wh- what's going on and all of that, you know. And the only yeah. thing that's helped me, you know, it's just, I got to go lay down and I need to just breathe and calm, my, calm myself down because yep. the mind starts to get going and stuff. And I just really feel, Mary, that this work that you're doing is, it's, it's so important. It is. Know? It's vital. It's vital. You, it's, it is. It's vital. Can you tell us or give us some practices to figure out in our own body? Well, because we're, we're not that close to the end, but we're getting pretty close. So I, I want to get this in. To. Yeah, I would I love, love to. Okay, good. So I would love um, for your listeners and even you yourself, Nina, if you want to um, just place one hand on your chest and one hand on your low belly. And I always tell people like, you know, low belly, because we tend to want to put it right around our belly button, but you want to go way below your belly button, almost as low as your pubic bone. So you want to have the edge of your hand near your pubic bone and then just breathe in and out. And if if you're sitting up and you need to stay sitting up, if you're in an office space or, you know on a bus or something, stay sitting up. But mm-hmm. if you're avail- if being able to lay down on your couch or your bed is available, that's going to e- give you even a more true baseline. And what I want you to do is just take five or six deep breaths in and out through your mouth. Um, breathing through your mouth kind of allows us to bring in a little bit more breath. So it might make it easier for you to discern and your breathing- pattern. And do they breathe in slow while they're doing? Just take it real and slow. I want you to no. I want you to breathe naturally. 
in okay. and out kind of as you normally would. We, we don't, we don't want to try and make it bigger or smaller or longer. It's really about observing what's going on. What's your baseline? What is my pattern? And I want you to breathe in and out with no pauses for five or six breaths as best as you can. So that's probably four or five breaths. You can keep your hands there and keep breathing. And what I want you to notice is notice, is there breath in my belly? Is there breath in my chest? Is there breath both in my belly and in my chest? Is there more in my belly? Is there more in my chest? Are my breaths big? Are my breaths shallow? We just want to observe what's going on. Okay. So do you, I don't know, do you want to share anything with your I'll just go, yeah, so for me, when I was doing that, I definitely feel a little bit more in the chest, belly raises, but definitely feeling more in the chest. So that's, and for somebody like you, who's super connected to your angels and spirit and all of that, that's a very common breath pattern. I've got, you know, I've got a little in my belly. It's, it's there. I think I could probably go deeper because I'm not feeling it down to the pubic bone, maybe just above it. Above it. So what I would encourage somebody with that type of a pattern to do, because it's really important that we have balance, right? Because it's great to be out there with an open heart, but we also need to have boundaries. Otherwise people are going to walk all over our good hearts and that's not good for us neither. Right. And I do challenge with that. So you're on point. Yep. So what we want to do. So uh, a fail safe way is to do that breathing on your belly. So you can just lie on your belly with your head to one side of the other, kind of put your arms in cactus so that your elbows are parallel with your shoulders. That kind of keeps our heart nice and open. Mm -hmm. And when you're lying on your belly, that's going to automatically activate the diaphragm so that you don't have to think about it. You don't have to worry, am I doing it right? Mm, It'll just happen. You can also, if that position isn't comfortable for you, you can stay laying on your back or propped up, but bend your knees. Because when you bend your knees, that's going to relax your pelvic girdle. And so that's going to relax some of those abdominal muscles and all the tendons and all that good stuff. And sometimes that can really help to allow more breath. It allows the diaphragm to work more easily. So I would say play with those two. So, and let's give like... If people are trying to um, calm themselves, Mm -hmm. they're worried about the world, they're worried about their jobs, they're worried about their children, they can't go out, Uh, is the world going to get any better? What's going to happen to California for those of us living here? You know, um, what would be a good, what would be a good practice, Mary, for people to be able to look, to be able to calm the mind and be able to connect if they can't get to someone like you? Okay. So first step I, is to play your favorite song, dance around. That's going to get your breath going. You're going to dance this. around. Okay. You're going to get your breath really moving, really move your body. Have fun. As soon as that song is over, maybe have a playlist with two songs, a really fast song, and then something a little slower, but maybe that's got a good rhythm, like maybe with a drummy rhythm, like Hallelujah is a good one, Ave Maria, um, there's a lot of uh, India, um, Native American music that has some good drum beats. Okay. Um, Enya, 
has some good beats to hers. So something like that. And then what you do, as soon as that song is over, you're going to plop yourself down. You're going to, if you're not having any breath in your belly, you're going to lie on your belly. If you're a breather with very little breath in your chest, you're going to sit up and breathe. And what you're going to do is you're just going to breathe as best as you can for the length of that second song in and out with no pauses. And as you're breathing in, say the word peace Mm. say it silently Mm. so sometimes I'll say it silently or I'll Mm. visualize the letters on my breath I'm a visual person me too or some people have are more like color so if you see peace as a color breathe in that color and then on your exhale say silently the word release or see the word release the letters flowing out on your out breath or see a color breathe in peace breathe out release love it Peace, release. So that's the exercise. Then once you're calm, I would challenge you to examine where am I going into my stories? Because this is where our mind starts to race. Okay. Because like, oh my gosh, if I don't get to the store today, I'm not going to have X, Y, or Z. And then there's, this is going to happen. And then that's going to happen. And then they're going to be mad. And then that person might be upset. And then I'm going to be, then I'm going to be the story. Let's stop the stories. If I don't go to the store today, can I get somebody else to do it? Can I call Instacart? Mm -hmm. Identify what stories are cycling. We all, I mean, I've been doing this work for years. I still get into my stories. I just identify them quicker. The world (laughs) will do it. Yes, you just get through it a little quicker, but the world will do it. We've got about one more minute, Mary. And what would you like to leave us with? I want you to tell about your free stuff. So my free stuff, I love giving free stuff. There is definitely, I have a YouTube channel. Mary's Blue Door is my YouTube channel. And there's a couple of energy clearing sessions on that. And there's a couple of guided diaphragmatic breath exercises, kind of what I described here, but they're on a video. So you can find them. There's a lot of information about going deeper into all of the benefits. Okay. And then every Monday I do a free guided meditation and that's at 10 a.m. Pacific time. It's about 30 minutes and it's open to everybody. You don't have to be a meditator. You just come as you are. And I usually try, I really try and honor that we're done by 1030. Okay. I do breath work every Tuesday on, and that's on zoom. I do a breath work class every Tuesday morning online. And that's pretty reasonable. It's only $20. However, if anybody has been impacted by COVID, just reach out and I'll be more than happy to work with you. And then occasionally I just do pop-up free classes. So it's always good to be on my list. So you get those notifications okay. of when it's going to be free. And so I'm going to, I, tell to go to your website. Go to my website, Mary's Blue Door. Follow me on Instagram or Facebook, Mary's Blue Door. And you can also email me at mary at marysbluedoor.com. Perfect. You have been a treasure to have on the show. Thank you so much, Mary. It's just been great. And it was just really great, vital information. Beautiful. Well, it's my it's my delight and my pleasure. And I love you, Nina. And I hope that this reaches your audience and that they glimmered one little one little nugget. That's all I want. One little that, nugget. That will happen, Mary. Thank you so much. Thank you. And we will uh, talk soon. Talk soon. All right. Thanks, Mary. Bye-bye. Bye. 
Okay, we're ending another session. It's going quick. This has been such a great show today. Please share it. Bookmark my show. I love doing it. And I want to thank you all. I wish you all a very, very beautiful Merry Christmas. Bye-bye. We hope you have found hope in this week's edition of Inspiring End-of-Life Conversations. Please join your host, Nina Impala, for another program next Wednesday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time and 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We'll talk again soon.